So I don't, I don't. Thank you for joining us for another informative, educational, and entertaining edition of Music and Medicine with Dr. Charles Modlin, kidney transplant surgeon, board certified urologist, public speaker, and well known community national leader for the elimination of health disparities. Dedicated to informing you, the listening audience, about important health topics and health information that you, your family, and your community need to know while at the same time providing you with quality entertainment because music and entertainment is medicine. Dr. Marlin's co-hosts are Jerome Brown and registered nurse Jonathan Branch. And the program often includes special content expert guests. So, without further ado, here is the host of the show, Dr. Charles Marlin. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another rendition of Music and Medicine. That's M-U-Z-I-C and Medicine. Uh, we're glad you're here with us. Um, please um, share this show, this broadcast with your family and friends. Uh, we're going to be um, uh, saving the broadcast on Spotify, on, on Facebook, YouTube, and, and various other locations so you can access the show later. Uh, we have a very important uh, show this evening, a very important topic, uh, some very important guests. Um, we're going to be talking about heart disease. Um, I'm going to actually go ahead and ask uh, my co-host Jerome to come onto the platform um, and, and join me. We're, we're going to introduce this topic. How you doing, Jerome? Hey, man, life is great. I feel yeah. great. It's great to be back. It is. It it's is. The holidays, man. You know, so, yeah. hey, I'm ready, man. I'm ready. So, so hey, when you see, man. Oh, yeah. With you being back, uh, well, we haven't had a chance to talk Browns or the Cavs or anything like that. But oh, don't go there. Don't go. It, it's too early in the show yeah, to go there. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I didn't think of any jokes to tell. I, I should have prepared some jokes. You always love my jokes. I know that. So. <laughs> hey, but, yeah. you can get paid for your side job. <laughs> okay, right, right. So we, we have a, a very special uh, guest this evening, uh, Nicole Ward. We have another co-host, LaShawn Carson. I'll introduce them very uh, in, a, in a second. But, you know, again, we've talked about heart disease before, but we're going to talk about it in a different capacity. Um, and we're going to talk about how individuals can actually assist others uh, at the time when they may be experiencing a, an acute cardiac event, acute heart event. Um, and, and so we're going to get into that. But I wanted to read some some statistics that are very startling. And, and you know, we've heard that heart disease is the number one killer. Uh, of all Americans, but there are some disparities experienced um, um, with respect to heart disease when it when we break it down by race and ethnicity. So, uh, heart disease deaths by race, according to the Centers of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, heart disease is the leading cause of death for all racial and ethnic groups in the United States. And this is 2019 data. Uh, the number of heart disease-related deaths by race and ethnicity were as follows. Um, White Americans, 367,000 deaths. Black Americans, 86,000. A lot fewer deaths in blacks, you know, when you look at the numbers, but that's, um, you have to look at the percentage of the population. We're only 12% of the population, yet we represent uh, a much greater percentage of the deaths due to, to heart disease, um, about a 40% higher incidence. I'm glad you clarified that number, Doc, because yeah. when you say the number, it doesn't seem like a lot, but when you yeah. do the percentage-wise, 
Right. It's a huge amount. So I'm glad you oh, clarified that for everyone. It's about two to three times uh, greater than, than what our percentage is uh, in the population. Hispanic Americans, 63 or six, close to 64,000. Asian Americans, 34,000. American Indian, Alaskan Native Americans, about 6,000, 6,100. 6, um, what we're going to talk about is potential lives uh, that can be saved with CPR training. Uh, American Heart Association estimates that uh, the effective bystander CPR, uh, when performed immediately after cardiac arrest, get this, can double or triple a person's chance of survival. So if you if you encounter an individual or if, or if you yourself are suffering from an acute uh, cardiac arrest, and if there is somebody standing by who administers CPR, um, you can, your, your chances for survival can be doubled or tripled. Mm. That, that, that's uh, really uh, startling. However, they report that about 70% of out-of-hospital cardiac arrests occur at home, and unfortunately, only about 46% of people who experience an out-of-hospital cardiac arrest receive bystander CPR. Uh, they go on to conclude that if more individuals were trained in CPR and performed it promptly, it is estimated that tens of thousands of lives could be saved every year. So uh, it's important that all of us understand um, that that the, the importance of uh, being trained in CPR, the proper techniques, um, and how to use an automated, automated external defibrillator, but we're going to get into that. Um, I wanted to bring to the platform a, a very important um, colleague of mine whom I work with over at uh, uh, Metro Health uh, Hospital uh, here in Cleveland, LaShawn Carson. Um, she's one of our project uh, and managers uh, in the Office of Equity, Inclusion, and Diversity, and, and, and she works with me quite closely on our health equity uh, project at, um, at Metro Health. Is LaShawn uh, with us? Yes, hi there, Dr. Mahan. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, hey, so yeah. So, Lashawn, thanks for joining us. And and uh, so, so tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you worked at Metro Health, and in what capacity? Oh my. He might as well say that I grew up at Metro Health. I've okay. been there almost twenty-five years. Um, okay. It's been a journey. I'm currently a third-year MPH student at Baldwin Wallace. Mm -hmm. And my goal is with a specialist when specializing in health education. So I'm just glad to be on this journey with you, Dr. Mullen, to expand health equity to all to ensure everyone receives an equitable outcome. So you've been a tremendous asset to me. I've been at Metro a little bit over um, two years and, and, you know, I can't thank you enough uh, for what you've meant to me. You've been an ally, a friend, um, you know, somebody that, that has always been there for me and, and facilitated, you know, the successes I've had. And and moving forward, we have a lot of great plans. Um, uh, we haven't announced all of our plans to the public yet with respect to what we're doing uh, for health equity at Metro. But but I'll tell you, and, and we, we both agree, uh, we have a great CEO and Dr. Erica Steed. She's been here at Metro now just over a year. Um, and her mission is not just to address health disparities it's to eradicate health disparities. And so she's really pushing the whole enterprise to, to adapt our thinking um, that we must work together collectively, collaboratively um, across disciplines to address these healthcare disparities. Again, that disproportionately afflict uh, minority and underserved communities. Yeah, she deserves an applause for that right there. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Really? Yeah. <laughs> right. That is beautiful. 
Oh, exactly. She, she so really does. She does. I've coined, well, I've taken one of her phrases and she says she wants to unmute the muted. So okay. every time she says that, I, I get electrified because mm. she's she actually sees the mm. whole entire enterprise. Yes. And, and again, she's only been here a year and, and, and the, the, the advances she's already made. Um, I'm just glad to be you know part of her team. And I, I know LaShawn, I mean, she's got an open door. You've spoken to her. She, she's very approachable. She's out in the community. And, and, you know, I hope everybody out there gets a chance to meet her. Um, you know, at, at this time, I, we, we want to, um, well, we're, I'm going to say a few words about our guest. Uh, we're going to show a, a short video clip uh, introducing our guest, um, and then we'll bring her on. Uh, uh, Nicole Ward, she's a philanthropist, a businesswoman. Uh, she's been serving her hometown of Cleveland, Ohio, her entire life. Um, she spent much of her career at uh, Cleveland Clinic uh, working in, in the Department of Human Resources and Marketing. Um, and then she went on to pursue a, a real estate uh, career with Chestnut Hill uh, Realty. Um, but then actually we're going to, she, she actually even transitioned into a, 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 an additional career, which we're going to get into. Uh, she's co-founder of a venture uh, uh, called Make Them Know Your Name. That's M-T-K-Y-N Foundation, Make Them Know Your Name Foundation, whose mission aims to help prevent heart-related fatalities in communities across the nation by providing the resources necessary to educate people in, ver with, in the various aspects of heart health. Uh, she actually has a master's in, in public relations also. Um, her, her organization um, provides a, an annual scholarship to Bedford High School uh, students with financial aid. I mean, she's doing so much um, providing um, uh, AED. Um, again, that's the uh, automated external um, defibrillator equipment uh, to high schools and gyms all across Ohio to the community. And, and again, um, we're going to we're proud to have her here. We've been um, wanting to have her on, on the platform for, for a long time. Uh, she's also going to tell us um, she has a very she she's famous in her own right. Um, you know, we all agree about that. She's well known across Cleveland and in the entire uh, country. But she also has a, a famous uh, son that we're going to that most Clevelanders have heard of, heard about. But we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. So let's go ahead and run this uh, short video clip um, uh, where Nicole describes uh, her organization's uh, mission and, and work. The Make Them Know Your Name Heart Health Foundation began with Denzel and my family and I um, in honor of his dad, Paul, who passed away suddenly um, from cardiac arrest. Denzel's dad only had an opportunity to see him play his freshman year in college. And so when he had the opportunity to make it to the NFL, and was thinking of ways that he would be able to give back to the community. The first thing that came to his mind was heart health so that others would not have to experience what he had to experience in losing his dad. So the mission of the Make Them Know Your Name Foundation is to end heart health fatalities, um, first starting here at home in Northeast Ohio, but ultimately around the world by providing education and resources. Cardiac arrest does not have to be a death sentence. Time is of the essence. As long as people are able and willing to respond immediately, the chances of their survival increases greatly. So to be able to have a foundation to provide the education, resources, and confidence in people truly means a lot to Denzel and our family. 
So I think one of the biggest misconceptions about CPR is that bystanders feel that if they do administer CPR, that they're gonna hurt someone. And that's truly not the case. The truth of the matter is doing something is much better than doing nothing at all. And for every minute that passes without CPR, the survival rate of a person decreases approximately 10%. So if we can respond immediately, you're truly making a difference. So an AED stands for Automatic External Defibrillator. And again, this is a machine that you will probably see located throughout public facilities. Although cardiac arrest doesn't only happen in public facilities, it can also happen at home. But what an automatic external defibrillator will allow you to do is to place um, pass onto the victim's heart. The machine will analyze the heart and it will administer a shock only when necessary. But this shock that it is administering is very important important and very critical in saving an individual's life. And remember, it's very simple to use. All you have to do is open the case, apply the pads, and follow the directions. We are really dependent on um, donors and community partners that help us to be able to provide or continue to provide the resources that are needed when it relates to um, heart health. So I would like to encourage you all to visit our website at www.mtkyn.org. mtkyn.org stands or make them know your name. Please visit today. All right. Great info. Great info. Sorry. So I, I wanted to do this show in person because I wanted Jerome to be my, my test patient so I could demonstrate that, hey, that device. That's know, not happening. I'm telling you right now, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> no way. You would try, you would probably use jumper cables from a car. <laughs> like, it's okay. You'll be yeah. all right. You know, <laughs> but you know, I mean, you know, but, but no, it's very, very important. I, I, I wanted to, before we bring Nicole on in just a real quick second. So why do people have cardiac arrest, um, heart, heart, um, arrest, coronary arrest means heart. Um, it's, it's generally 80% of the cases are due to coronary artery, artery disease, coronary artery disease, the most common cause of sudden cardiac death. Um, and then there's also, you can have, um, a sudden cardiac arrhythmia. Um, and, and that's where the heart's electrical system is not working, uh, correctly. It can cause irregular heartbeats that therefore the circulatory uh, system is, is not uh, functioning properly. Um, Many people actually will experience symptoms uh, before they have a sudden cardiac uh, event up to 24 hours prior. Um, and they've done studies uh, by sex. A lot of the symptoms differ by sex, um, where they say women uh, reportedly experience uh, or more likely are to experience a shortness of breath, whereas men are more likely to experience uh, chest pain. So again, I, I mention all that to point out if you have uh, you know, a sudden shortness of breath, chest pain. I mean, don't ignore it. Get to an emergency room uh, as soon as you can or call 911. So without further ado, uh, let's uh, invite our uh, uh, celebrity guest on, Nicole Ward. There there you are. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. So, Nicole, I forgot to read uh, in your introductions um, that you're also signed with the Pro Model and Talent Management uh, Agency, and I, I applied, but they rejected me. I, I don't know why. But, uh, 
I don't know so, why they would do that. Yeah. I'll have to talk to them about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe you can get a contract for me or something. Yeah. I'm sure, we can do that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, tell us. Um, I mean, you know, that, that video was very impressive. I mean, we really need to mobilize you to, and you may already do. I know you go into the high schools and, and, and elementary schools. We need to even get you into the hospitals and then the medical, the medical schools to, um, you know, teach our employees and, and, and students, nursing students, medical students, PA students, um, you know, about the use of these, these defibrillating devices. And it was very important what you said in the, in, in your video introduction, it's more important to do something than, than to be afraid and, and, and be a bystander and, and be too afraid to actually take action. Um, I didn't know that statistic. Every minute that goes by, your chance of survival decreases by 10%. Did you, were you aware of that, LaShawn? I, I wasn't aware of it. I was definitely not aware of it. And I yeah. was thinking about how can we do a church tour, yeah. Nicole, to go around to the different churches to add the, a, uh, the AEDs. Yes. So let, let's t tell us what, what your, your you know, personal story, you kind of touched on it, but, but I, I've heard your story before that I think, you know, it, it definitely resonated with me. Um, you actually uh, recently uh, participated in our Metro Health Women's Health Fair and Expo, and, and um, you had a big display of, of you know, um, CPR. You had your team up there on stage, you know, demonstrating uh, how to perform CPR. Um, the one thing that is that I'd like to note is, you know, CPR. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. I know a lot of, because because of COVID, we've actually removed the respiratory um, portion of it. Is that going to be removed um, indefinitely or is that is that standard now where we don't do the breathing? That's a great question. And I'm glad that yeah. you raised that question, um, Dr. Motley. First, I just, first, I would just like to say thank you um, for okay. having me um, on the show and to be able to share my story and continue the conversation about the importance of um, heart health and learning CPR, how to use an AED to help mm -hmm. those who do suffer from sudden cardiac arrest. Um, when you, to answer your question specifically about the mouth to mouth, you know, um, we did a campaign a couple of years ago, it was during COVID to kind of debunk some of the myths that are out there mm -hmm. and um, the things that people still either um, believe or have been told are still the case, but there has been changes over the years. And I know when it comes to mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation, especially in today's time dealing with things like COVID, that can be a concern for people. Mm -hmm. And we wanna be able to um, alleviate the, those concerns because it's, you know, time is of the essence. Yeah. Do not, um, if you were to get a certification, which we do, um, you know, encourage people who are interested in getting the certification and going through that process to do so. It, and it, it takes a little bit more time, but of course there are um, situations where I think it's very important for an individual to get certification, especially if you're working in the medical field, you're a medical professional, you know, things like that. However, a certification is not necessary in order to learn the basic steps that are needed in order to help save a life. But if you do go through the certification process, you'll notice that in that training, they, deal, they still do 
teach the mouth to mouth resuscitation. So that so it's not that the mouth to mouth resuscitation is not helpful, but the mouth to mouth resuscitation is not necessary in order to save a life. So now you can save a life by doing what they call hands only CPR. The only thing that is really necessary is for you to do the chest compressions and to do those um, appropriately. And, you know, as we said before, um, time is of the essence to begin the chest compressions immediately. Um, and if that can be coupled with someone um, being able to locate and bring to um, the where the victim, I'm sorry, not the victim, but where the individual has collapsed from sudden cardiac arrest can bring an AED um, to assist in the process, then that statistic that you stated prior um, earlier in the show about you know doubling and tripling the chances of survival, it increases tremendously. So again, to answer your question, mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation is not necessary in order to save a life. The only thing that is required is hands-only CPR and ideally to have an AED on site and to be used as well. You know, since a lot of these uh, are these uh, sudden cardiac events occur in the home. Um, you know, is, is one of your recommendations that everybody have one of these devices in their in their home? Well, it would be great if everyone could have an AED at home. But we know um, just from doing this for the past several years, you know, there's a, a lot of businesses that do not have an AED. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons being is because they are costly. Um, you know, uh, on average, I think an AED from, you know, what we when we purchase them, and that's even with a discount, can average is about $1,500 per device. Um, and some can be a little higher than that. Um, so, you know, you will not find a lot of AEDs located in the home, but not that it's not recommended. And I'm sure that there's various reasons as to why not. Why not? And cost is probably one of them. So what I would say, if you are able to have an AED in the home, I think that that would be great. If you cannot have an AED in the home, then what I would encourage you to do is to just make sure that you learn the process of um, helping someone in the case of sudden cardiac arrest. And in that process, um, if someone were to collapse, you're going to immediately call 911. You're going to um, ask someone to go find an AED if they can. Again, if it's not at home, then you just want to make sure that you continue to do those chest compressions, 100 to 120 beats per minute until the EMS arrives. And when the EMS arrives, then I'm almost sure that they will have an automatic external defibrillator in order to assist in the process. But it's very critical that someone begins CPR immediately. You know, during your demonstration at the women's event, you, you you had your your team up on stage and they were uh, demonstrating the the rate of the chest compressions uh, according to a particular song. I don't, I don't remember what song that was. I was going to yeah. say that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, depending on the generation, you know, people remember different songs. And for a long time, um, they would always say you want to um, do the chest compressions to the beat of the song Staying Alive. So mm -hmm. we probably all remember the song Staying Alive. Right. But if you ask my sons and, you know, those that are younger than um, our kids today, do you know the song Staying Alive? They are looking at you like, huh? Like <laughs> they've never heard of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so I was able to, you know, 
do a little research and talk to some medical professionals and saying like, what is a, a great song that has the same appropriate beat as Stand Alive that maybe some of our kids, um, you know, today would recognize the song and be able to, you know, and be able to do the same um, chest compressions. And so they had said one of the songs, and I'm sure there's others too, but the one that we did use at the Metro Health Women's event was Drake's One Dance. So Drake's One Dance, uh, we used the musical version, the instrumental version, but you can use the instrumental version or the one with the words, but that is also an appropriate song for you to have 100 to 120 beats per minute. Okay. Yeah, Jerome, I'm sure you know the words by heart probably. Hey. <laughs> Maybe Drake one dance, you'd be you'd be a goner because I don't even know it. Okay, <laughs> going to stay in alive over here, man. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know it either. Uh, Lashawn probably knows Drake. You you you're you're a Drake fan, aren't you, Lashawn? I'm not sorry. Okay, but, uh, <laughs> younger generation. So again, I mean, I think "Staying Alive" is always um, our go-to song that a lot of people will remember. But I'm saying if we're trying to reach different audiences, different age groups, different generations then um, Drake is a popular, you know, artist that the younger generation knows. I think it's right. vitally important that we educate our younger audience as well. And that's something that they resonate with. But we can always still stick with staying alive, which all of us, it seems like on this Zoom call, <laughs> remember staying alive. <laughs> so um, LaShawn will, so I've dated myself in front of the Lincoln West High School students before. I, I was giving them a lecture and I, I mentioned the the artist Sade <laughs> thinking that thinking that they and they made fun of me because they didn't even know who Sade was but uh, I, I thought everybody knew who Sade was <laughs> but, but um, yeah Nicole could you tell us how you got into this work your your personal um, journey yeah, your story absolutely. Um, so um, I got into this work in a way that I wouldn't um, want anyone to get into this work. And that is by the loss of my uh, late husband who passed away um, from sudden cardiac arrest. And it was very unexpected. Um, so my husband um, who passed away, we were high school sweethearts. We were together, married over 20 years, probably together closer to 30 years. And um, you know, we have two sons. You mentioned my youngest son, who is Denzel Ward. He plays for the Cleveland Browns. I also have an older son. His name is PJ, and he's a successful um, business entrepreneur. So um, my husband, if you knew him or um, knew about him, he was, you know, into health and wellness. One of his passions and things that he enjoyed doing was working out and, you know, going to the gym and working out. He was a principal for a local school district, um, actually the Bedford City School District located here in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, very involved in the community, very supportive of his staff, his team, um, his students. And, um, you know, like I said, he just and he enjoyed life and especially working out. So one of his staff members had actually started teaching a spin class and he had come home one day and shared with me that his staff member had started teaching a spin class and he wanted to be supportive and he was going to be um, attending and wanted to know if I wanted to join him. And so, you know, with me and working out, I was kind of off and on, like sometimes I'll do it, but then I'll, you know, kind of fall off the bandwagon. But one thing about my um, late husband is that he always tried to motivate me and encourage me to 
to work out with him. So when he invited me to do this spin class with him, I had, you know, accepted. I said, sure, you know, I'll join you. And we had actually done the class together, I would say about five or six times, you know, about a handful of times. I had attended every class with him um, to participate. And then this one particular day, which happened to be a Monday, May 2nd of 2016, um, my youngest son, Denzel, he was home for like a spring break from um, the Ohio State University. And um, we, you know, he was home, going to be home for that week. Uh, we had just celebrated his birthday four days prior. And my husband, when he got off work, he called like he usually do. He said, well, I'm going to go to the spin class. Do you want to join me? And um, I have another family member. She has started a 10,000 step challenge and I had started doing the steps. And like I said, I wasn't so gun ho about working out. And since I had done like all these steps trying to meet the 10,000 step challenge, you know, I thought I had the perfect excuse with that. And then my son was home from school. I hadn't seen him in a while and I knew he was only going to be home for a short period of time. So I had told my husband when he called, I said, I think I'm going to stay back today, you know, with Denzel. I'm going to cook dinner. You know, when you come home, I'll have dinner ready and, um, you know, and just go from there. Mm -hmm. And so he said that was fine. He was like, I'm going to go ahead and just, you know, knock out this spin class and I'll call you when I'm on my way home. So that was our conversation. It was, a, you know, really just a normal day. So the class I know started at six o'clock. It was an hour, lasted till seven. And it was probably not about 620 or so when my phone rang and it was a call from his phone. And so I was a little surprised because I knew the class lasted an hour. And so, you know, I was surprised to be getting a call like 20 minutes or so into the spin class that I knew he was participating in. So I pick up the phone and I'm like, hey, you know, like everything OK, you know, thinking and assuming that it's him, but only to find out that it was um, a lady on the other end of the line you know, screaming hysterically saying, your husband is falling off the bike. Your husband's falling off the bike. I had no idea what that meant at the time other than he fell off the bike. She was asking me what emergency room should he go to? I'm thinking like, you know, the closest one, we identified what that was. She said, okay, we're going to head mm -hmm. to emergency. You know, you need to head up there. But she was like completely just frantic and, you know, just yelling and upset and crying. So when I got off the phone, I told Denzel, I said, we need to, you know, head to the emergency room. You know, some lady just called and said, your dad fell off the bike. And that's all we knew. So, you know, we got our things together. We started driving up to the hospital, the emergency room that um, we knew that they were taking him to. And for some reason, something was just telling me to tell Denzel to let the family know, which when I thought back on it, it was kind of weird because the only thing she said was he fell off the bike. I didn't know what the seriousness of it was, but we're driving up there and I'm like, you know, call your brother, call your grandparents, call, you know, your cousin. Come, you know, I'm just telling him people to call. So Denzel's calling as we're driving, you know, dad fell off the bike, meet us at the hospital or, you know, that mom said dad fell off the bike meets at the hospital so we get there and when i go to the counter to find out where he is this lady comes up to me crying and she's like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry your husband fell off the bike and he stopped breathing so at this point i'm just like you know stop breathing like this is the first time i've actually you know she said that she didn't say it when we had talked earlier it was just he fell off the bike so now she's saying he stopped breathing so now i'm just like you know 
demanding my way back. Where is he? You know, just wanting to, you know, get to where he was. They showed me to the room where he was and they was trying to um, revive him. And, you know, they had things attached to him. I guess they were trying to do the, um, you know, just doing everything to kind of resuscitate him. I'm just, you know, they're talking to him and encouraging him, you know, like, Paul, you know, you can pull through this. You're strong. We can do it. We can do it. You know, anything to just try to help him pull through. Um, when I was in there twice, the medical staff had said they had gotten a heartbeat, you know, and I had felt like, okay, you know, like he's going to pull through this. This is, you know, we're, we're going to, it's going to be all right. But um, after that second time, when they said that the next time, what I just remember the medical staff saying is that he had, he had passed away. And I didn't understand it because it was a normal Monday. It was nothing different about that day other than what happened once I received that call. So obviously, you know, afterwards and trying to figure out what happened and all of that stuff, what we um, found out that he did suffer from sudden cardiac arrest. Um, to be honest, I didn't know exactly what sudden cardiac arrest was before this point, but now, you know, it had my full attention and I wanted to understand it and what happened and how could it have been prevented, um, you know, and then after doing research and things like that, you know, and getting information, what I did find out is that even though he was at this facility, this local gym, facility in a class full of people when he collapsed that no one performed CPR. Mm. And I also realized and um, understood after visiting back at the gym, but I knew prior to that got the information, but it took me a year to actually go back to visit that gym class. I mean, that spin class myself, but there was an AED, the automatic external mm. defibrillator that was located right outside the classroom. And when I went back, and actually walked those steps. It took me 32 steps to get to the AED. When I stood in the door, I could just look down the hall and I could see it. However, no one at that gym that day used it. No one touched it. No one tried to use it. So the first um, chance for survival for my husband, as I know it, and as I've been told, and as I understand it from the information I've received in my research is when EMS arrived. And you've already talked about, you know, EMS. I mean, here in Cleveland, it can take on average up to 12 minutes for EMS to arrive. I've already shared a statistic that every minute that passes, the chances of survival decreases by 10%. So if it takes 12 minutes for the EMS to arrive, that means once they arrive, basically there is no chance for survival. But say the EMS arrive, arrive, did arrive earlier, say they got there in seven minutes. Okay, so now he has a 30% chance. The chances are still very slim. So I guess I'm saying that to say that is why we as individuals, as lay the layperson, the bystanders, that's why it is critical that we all learn this process and that we begin to help in the process by administering CPR and mm -hmm. utilizing the AED coupled with um, calling 911 so that they can be on their way and can administer the professional help that is needed. So that's what happened in a situation um, with my husband. He suffered from sudden cardiac arrest and he wasn't given the opportunity, in my opinion, 
um, for that chance of survival. And I'm not saying that to place the blame on anyone because it's nobody's fault. You don't know the reason why people don't respond. It can be fear. It can be lack of knowledge, not knowing what to do. The AED on the wall can be very intimidating, but that's why platforms like this, um, music and medicine and other platforms that allow us to educate and to share this information as to why it's critical and important for us to learn this technique is very um, important because there is no age attached to this. Millions watched as the Bar Hamlins collapsed on the field. Over 50 million people saw that, right? But mm -hmm. someone responded immediately with CPR and using an AED. Bronny, mm -hmm. He was um, suffered from sudden cardiac arrest. Someone was there to attend to him. The difference between their situation and the difference between my husband's situation is that someone responded immediately in my husband's mm -hmm. situation. No one responded at all until EMS has arrived. So, but what that also shows is that it works that if you do do CPR and if you do use an AED, then you will have a second chance at life and you are able to survive and go back to the same quality of life as a Damar Hamblin and as Bronnie, who are now going back to do their careers. Oh, yeah. Whereas with my husband, he wasn't given that opportunity. And I just wanna say this and I'll turn it over. I know I've been speaking, but there are there is no age attached to it. My husband was 46. Damar Hamlin, I think he was 25. Bronnie, I think he's 18 or 19. Since I've been doing this for the past several years, I've heard cases where kids as young as nine have suffered from sudden cardiac arrest. Mm -hmm. I know that infants can even get it because they even have where you can learn infant CPR yeah. up to older, you know, ages or whatever. So it's not an old age of, you know, you have to be older and have heart conditions in order for this to happen. Yeah. Statistics show, Dr. Motlin, as you stated, that um, heart disease is the number one killer in the United States. But half of those deaths associated with that heart disease is associated with sudden cardiac arrest. So I keep telling people over and over again, it is not about if it's going to happen to you, someone you know, or someone you love, is when will it happen to you, someone you know, or someone you love? And don't yeah. you want to be prepared to help that individual, your family member, the one that you know, the one that you love? And don't you want someone in your family or someone you know to be prepared to help you? That, wow. that is incredible information, Jerome, Lashawn. Um, uh, Nicole, you... There, there's no way to quantify how many lives you've actually saved. You, you're never going to know the impact that you've, that you've had. That's absolutely correct. And that information, is, you know, we're, we're going to broadcast this show again and again and again and again because people need to hear that. And the other thing, I, I applaud you for what you're doing to educate the younger community, the younger kids about how to use these devices, the importance. And the other thing I just wanted to say real quick, um, I know some people are afraid that if, if they touch somebody, they, they're afraid that they're going to get sued by the law. You know, um, I mean, most states have a good Samaritan law. So, I mean, you don't have to worry about that. It's, it's all about saving lives. Um, and as you stated, um, it's better to do something rather than do nothing. Um, but with that in mind, um, Nicole and uh, LaShawn, Jerome, I, I'd like to take a real quick break so we can reflect on, on what we just heard. Um, we're going to show a quick uh, video. This is actually the holiday season, the Christmas season. Uh, you can see I have my nice Christmas tree behind me. Um, it took me about five minutes to put that together. <laughs> it looks great. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I don't know if you can see my my little soldier guy. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
So, but yeah, we're going to show a, a, one of my favorite uh, Christmas videos. Um, you guys have heard of Nat King Cole and Natalie Cole, I'm, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, so if Russell, if you can play that video, we'd appreciate it. That's what you are Unforgettable Though near or far Like a song of love That clings to me How the thought of you does things to me Never before has someone been more unforgettable in every way, and forevermore, and forevermore, that's how you stay. That's why, darling, it's incredible That someone so unforgettable Thinks that I am unforgettable too song I, I i refer to that as a christmas song it's not technically a christmas song but growing up we always played nat king cole you know his his albums around christmas so beautiful um, i'm, I'm yeah. telling you this doc that was very fitting for what we were talking about and 
probably a message to you, Mrs. Ward. Uh, I'm big on energy. Yeah. Doc selected the song. Nobody knew what it was at random. Look who was on the show after your speech. Yeah. So I hope you take that as a message from above. Thank you. I received that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Unforgettable. Unforgettable. Nicole, I want to celebrate your strength, your resilience, and just who you are. Because I can't even imagine every time you recall the story of that day, how each time your strength gets stronger. So I just truly hope that everyone who see this message do something. And yeah. how do you stay not motivated, but how do you stay true to this message? Um, I believe I stay true to this message, understanding now that sudden cardiac arrest is something that is preventable and that I have been um, blessed with the, op with, I'm not going to say the opportunity because, you know, it's not really opportunity, but been um, provided the platform to be able to um, educate and share with others what we can do as individuals so that no one else would have to face what we have to face as a family. And so knowing that, you know, sharing this information is potentially helping to save someone else's life and to um, impact um, another's family in a positive way just really motivates me and our family to want to continue to um, you know, spread the word and educate and continue to do the work through to make them know your name foundation. You, you didn't, you didn't mention it, but I wanted to be the one to, I mean, bring it up. I mean, you're, you're uh, very modest and everything, but are, does your organization accept uh, philanthropic donations or in, in how, how can somebody donate? Yes. Um, we are very um, in need of philanthropic donations because again, our, per, our goal is to put as many automatic external defibrillators into public spaces as we possibly can. And um, especially with the what happened with DeMar Hamlin, um, and it pretty much put this on, um, get, has given it national awareness. We have received a huge influx of requests of people requesting that we provide them with an automatic external defibrillator and that we provide their organizations and businesses um, with the training, education and resources that they need. And so we need funds in order to do that. And so people can, um, if you're interested in supporting and helping, um, you can donate by going to our website, you know, www.mtkyn.org. And there's a way that you can um, donate there by pressing in the donate button um, or even supporting some of the events that we are um, holding throughout the year, you know, to bring awareness and education about heart health. And, you know, by supporting those events, it also helps us to raise the funds that are needed in order for us to provide these resources and equipment that is um, being requested at a high demand. Thanks. You know, I'm on the American um, Heart Association, Greater Cleveland Board. I've uh, been on there maybe not quite two years. I, I know um, you were you were recently recognized at the the Heart Bowl. Uh, that, that was in, was it 2019? I forget exactly what year that was, 2019, I think. 
Yeah, 2019, yeah. we were recognized and we actually had an opportunity at the Go Red event um, just this past um, year, past February, to actually come on stage. Denzel, my um, oldest son, PJ, and myself, along with some others um, joined us on the stage and we were actually able to do a live demonstration as to how to do CPR um, in front of everyone that was in attendance, which I, in the place was so I think there was well over 500 people who were in attendance for the event. We were able to provide demonstrations that day, which was really great. So, you know, um, Jerome and, and LaShawn, so uh, we actually, this is going to be the first announcement. April the 27th, 2024 is going to be our next Minority Men's Health Fair at Metro Health. It's going to be held at our Cleveland Heights branch. And also we're partnering this year with the uh, Tri-C Cuyahoga Community College at the main campus um, to put on the event. We'd love to have you, uh, Nicole, your your organization, you know, make them know your name foundation. Jerome, you're always on hand there. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it'd be, it'd be great if you'd be willing to, to be part of our health fair, you know, uh, Nicole, as, as you were for the women's event. Absolutely. I definitely yeah. will. And um, I think that's a great event. Dr. Motlin, I know that you've been doing that event for many years and had the pleasure to actually make them know your name. We were a part of the one that you just had this um, past year at Metro Health. Mm. And we will absolutely be um, there to support in the one that's coming up next year okay. as well. And if, if there's ever anything I can do to help promote your, your, your work locally, statewide, nationally, um, we're all in. Myself, LaShawn, Jerome, you're all in. You can count on us. Um, you know, so, but this has been very educational. We, we've covered very important topic. Um, you know, we've talked about heart disease before, but we've never covered, um, you know, CPR and, and how individuals, um, you don't have to be a healthcare provider. You don't have to have a medical degree or nursing degree to save a life. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, education is, is key. And you, you shed light on the fact that, you know, you if you see, if you're a bystander, you, you need to take action. You don't have to be afraid. Uh, you have to take action because that can mean all the difference between somebody living and, and somebody not, not surviving. So, yeah. Yes, yeah. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you um, saying you're willing to promote. I mean, if I can, if I can do a shameless plug, we do have um, our signature event that's going to be coming up February 24th. This will be our third annual um, Cleveland All-Star Fitness Expo, um, because one of the things that I we think um, helps with um, being heart healthy is being proactive with your health and wellness, right? So we are going to, um, at the Cleveland Browns Stadium, we will actually be putting on a fitness expo. We will give people an opportunity to do um, exercise classes from meditation all the way up to high intense cardio. We'll also have health screenings and health and wellness information booths and other like really fun, energetic and entertaining things to do. So there's more information about that on our website at mtkyn.org if you know those are interested um, those who are interested in attending again this is our third year it's been um, successful and it's been um, growing and i would love for people to attend and no matter what type of event we do um, it can be a community event a youth camp um, health and wellness we always make sure we stay aligned with our vision and teaching the importance of heart health and also having mannequins and the AED on site so that people can get hands-on experience as to how to do CPR and how to use an AED. 
So if you don't know those techniques, the Fitness Expo on February 24th is going to be a great opportunity for those to learn that in addition to a lot of other fun things that will be happening. Yeah, LaShawn, we need to be there. We need to actually uh, partner and, and have an exhibitor table or anything that we can do to, to be part of that. Um, you know, last year you brought your son to our Minority Men's Health Fair. Hopefully, you know, I had an opportunity to meet with him and, and you know, great guy, very nice guy, approachable, quiet, you know, quiet, quiet guy. But um We'd love to have both you and, and your son. Um, he would be a big attraction. See, the guys aren't going to come to see me. They're going to come to see your son. Oh, you, know? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, quite honestly. Um, but no, we're, 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 yeah, okay, yeah, that's a great picture. Yeah, oh, thank that's you. a great picture. So what what, do you, what is their, your prediction? They're, they're going to, I hear they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. That, that's what I, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. That's gonna that's gonna be my prediction. Of that's course. what we're talking about. <laughs> that's what we're talking that's about. Prediction. Yeah. Yes. We all in. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're all in. Yeah. So okay. Hey, quick little story, everyone. Um, yeah. April twenty seventh, uh, the the day of the Minority Men's Health uh, Fair, is also the birthday of my father and his twin brother. Okay. Oh, wow. My father died at thirty eight years old. His twin brother died at 59 years old, both young African-American men. Uh, when my father died, my uncle became my father for the next 21 years. Okay. And when he passed away, right before he passed, uh, he told me, he said, nephew, I had a heart attack earlier today. I said, you had a heart attack? He said, yeah, I went over to the hospital. I had, felt the chest pain, went to the hospital. They gave me a follow-up appointment. Two weeks later, he's like, I'm in my driveway. My heart hurt again. I'm like, oh, just take care of it. Why don't you just take care of it? Go to your follow-up appointment and get your medication. Third time, we're we're doing a repair in the car. We're putting a fuel pump in the car. He starts complaining about his foot hurt, and he takes his shoe off. He said, my shoulder hurt. He said, just go get me some Advil from the gas station. So my partner goes to get him some Advil, the guy whose car we was working on, took the Advil and went home. Three days later, after that, uh, my uncle, his other brother, um, found him in the middle of the street in, in his driver's seat of the truck with his foot on the brake, and he had a heart attack. My point being, and my uncle hopped in, drove the car back in the driveway, pulled him out of the car. But when he got him out of the car, he didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole point. The time mm -hmm. lapsed from the time that he was out on that concrete to the EMS arriving and he passed away. Right. So us, what you guys are doing is key essential because we have to stop this type of stuff. When we don't know, we don't know. And then our community, when they get a symptom or uh, something wrong, we don't even react on that either. A lot of men say, I'll tough it out. Mm -hmm. I, you can't tough out a heart attack. Right. right. You know, so... And I commend you again at what you're doing, because if you help one person save a life, they're able to have a family. Children come from that family, even just one. Right. Children come from that family. So if you help 100, how many people are you helping? Even when you're not here anymore, it's spread forever. So your work is forever. So exactly. I commend you for that. Thank Absolutely. You know, I Jerome, you, go ahead. I love Jerome. that as well. And yeah. I love the fact how you are reaching the younger people. You have to meet them where they are. So yeah. when you tell them, okay, well, 
think of the song Drake, you know, and that's a way for them to remember that they're doing the right compression. So this is just an awesome um, opportunity that I have to be here with you and I will continue to spread the message. So, you know, the subtitle, Jerome, you, you said it, know what to do. The subtitle for this episode of Music and Medicine is, is know what to do. And again, this is no same shameless plug, but it, it's all about what I've said. It, it isn't difficult to do it if you know how to do it. That's my my book. It's a well, it's a mentorship book, but actually it, it hits home to what Nicole, what, what you said. If 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 you if you're empowered, if you know that you can make a difference, you can save a life. Um, it, it's really not difficult to do, you, you know, but you have to take action. That's right. So that, that's what it's all about. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful for you coming on the show. We'd like to have you back on um, it, in the near future because it, it's an important topic. We, we have to educate the entire country about this. Yeah. And, and I would suspect, I, I haven't seen the statistics. I, I would suspect there, there are fewer, um, AEDs in, in black communities. I, I would, I would. Oh, by far. I yeah. would just I get the internet. We just get the internet, doc. You know yeah. we got. Correct. Yeah. We got yes. bad batteries in our cars right now. You know we ain't got no defibrillators. Right. I don't so even we encourage see in our churches. So we need to get that as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so Lashawn, when we conduct our town hall for our minority men's health fair, we need to bring that up and, and ask the ministers, the pastors, Absolutely. how many of them actually have these devices, and then we need to take steps, take action. Uh, the next time I, I log on to the uh, and attend the United Pastors in Mission um, meeting on Tuesdays, I'll, I'll bring that up as well. But with that in mind, again, we'd like to thank you, Nicole. We, we want to encourage everybody in the listening audience to go to your website, uh, make a donation, spread the word uh, about what they've learned. Um, and with that in mind, you know, we want to say goodnight to our audience, but we're going to close out the show with one of my favorite artist. He's actually a local artist um, from Shaker Heights, um, Jim Brickman. Um, I don't know. Has it, have, have you guys heard Jim Brickman? Oh, actually, okay. This is, uh, before we go, Jerome, Yeah. tell us about this. Okay. Uh, you know, we've been doing this type of work for about 10 years, about a decade now. So hmm. this is the third year in a row. We're going to the West Side community, the Cadell uh, neighborhood. Uh, we usually go from coast to coast, north, south, east, and west of Cleveland. But this year, well, the last three years, we've developed a nice rapport with the Cadell Rec Center. So December 22nd from 2 to 6 p.m. Uh, so far, I have about, about 22 sponsors. We usually get about 30, 32 sponsors, 35 sponsors uh, per event. Uh, free toys, free food, free entertainment for anyone that's involved. <laughs> if you would like to donate uh, toys, my number is on the flyer. We also uh, accepting cash app and whatever type of donation. I tell everybody, I don't put any type of uh, limit on what you can give or what you can't give because I don't know the financial status of your household. So even if you brought one crayon or one hot, one hot wheel, that's one more hot wheel than what we would have had had you not brought that. If you don't have a hot wheel, just bring your hands. We love volunteers as well. Uh, tomorrow I'm picking up about probably about two skids worth of uh, toys tomorrow from a very generous donor tomorrow. So oh, wow. just starting to come in and we welcome all. If you need it, let us know. If you have a family member that needs help, let us know. Just tell them to come talk to me and we'll make sure they're taken care of for the holidays. Yeah, great work. And um, 
thank you for for doing that uh, Kudel recreation center 1910 west boulevard so yeah thank you um nicole LaShawn, jerome for being here thank you russell for producing the show um it, it's been a remarkable event um and, and so with that in mind we're going to close out the show with uh, jim brickman and happy holidays everybody happy holidays, happy
So thank you, Nicole, for actually helping give the gift of life to thousands, millions of people out there, um, more than you'll ever know. So thank um, you. Thank you for having me. I really thank appreciate you. it. So thanks, LaShawn. Thanks, Jerome. And we'll see everybody on the next episode of Music and Medicine. Thank you. All right. Good night. Holidays. Bye-bye. Thank you. Good night. Happy holidays to you all.